praise and worship him this morning. For he is God and he alone. He reigneth in the heavens above and the earth beneath. I praise thee, O Lord. O God, O God, the heavens are thy throne, the earth is thy footstool. I praise you, living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, it's good to see your smiling faces this morning. It's good to be in God's house. Have a beautiful day of life and strength and good health. And uh, if you're not feeling real healthy, well, we'll help you get in the right direction and get on the mend. How's that? We certainly have those among us this morning that God has healed. And we're very thankful for God's great healing hand. Okay. Love you. If you got a Bible, take a look at God's Word this morning. Thank you, Lord. I'm turning to the book of Esther. If you find the book of Psalms, just go back a few pages and you will come to the book of Esther. Won't be too far back. Esther is just before Job. Just before Psalms is Job. I read the Bible all kinds of different ways. I So I'm, I've read it from Revelation back and I'm Genesis coming up. So I'm sandwiching it down. I've, um, I'm in Esther and I'm in uh, Joshua. So pretty soon I'll have made another trip through the old book, and I hope that you will do the same. Keep continually reading God's Word. Amen. In the book of Esther, I'm going to read verse 13 of chapter 6. Esther 6 and 13. And Haman told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men and Zeresh, his wife, unto him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shall surely fall before him. Everybody said, praise the Lord. All right, so this morning, I want to work on the choice is yours. The choice is yours. You may be seated. You know, Jesus made it crystal clear as his will was being revealed in the, I should say, the new will or the New Testament was being revealed. Uh, Matthew 16, first account of the one and only gospel. He said, as the Spirit had revealed to and through Peter who Jesus was, then 
the Bible teaches very plainly. As Jesus confirmed this, he told them that upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this rock, this revelation of rock, of who he is, he said in the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I would tell you, yes, the fight is on. It's been on. The fight has been on since before the foundation of the world when Satan, for some inexplicable reason, <laughs> rose up against the mind and the thinking of God. And he, uh, there's a combination, of course, of things that contributed uh, to Satan's craziness. And uh, I have a plaque at home that we picked up that said, you know, one of those little wooden things, a couple dollars, and it said, uh, your crazy is sticking out, you might want to tuck that back in. Well, I guess Satan's craziness got to peeking out there, and uh, he got outed, shall we say, his craziness. And uh, he, of course, you know, the thing that you're going to find about somebody that is, their craziness is exposed, and uh, is that they never want it to be just them. They always want to affect others. And so Satan, in getting his nightmare idea to rise up against God, to go against everything that God had done and was planning to do. And I, I just have this feeling that God laid out his plan and Satan just started disagreeing, started disagreeing with it, disagreeing with it. And so, uh, next thing you know, Satan says, well, I'm not going to be in this alone. And he began to very cunningly slither among the heavenly host. And he was able to convince a third. Our problem there is we don't have a number. But whatever that number is, he was able to negatively influence and deceive a third of them. Okay. So if there had been three, he would have got one. And uh, if there had been 33 of them, he would have gotten 11, and so on and so forth. And so uh, we don't know how many. I believe the Bible does use the term an innumerable company of angels and talk about the positive side. Because, you know, when you take one-third away, you leave two-thirds. So we, we be in the majority here, all right? And don't ever forget that, okay? We have, first of all, we have the upper hand because we have God. And, uh, but God has two-thirds of the heavenly hosts that stayed loyal and faithful to him and would not yield or give in or be taken in by Satan's lies. And he is the father of lies. And he, uh, he was able, though, to cunningly deceive a third of the heavenly host. 
I remember we were casting a devil out, and I spoke to that devil, and I said, you chose wrong. I said, you chose wrong. I said, you, you, chose, you chose Satan. And uh, he, uh, and I went like that when I did it, and that, that devil snapped at me. Pulled my finger back real quick. And uh, he was snarling and spitting and making all kinds of contortions and evil spirits that uh, have been reserved in the midst of darkness, the Bible said, chains until, until that day. And uh, in that day, my friend, they'll be cast into the deep. And many times the devil besought the Lord not to torment him before the time, not to cast him into the abyss or into the deep before the time. So no wonder the Bible tells you that Satan knows that he has but a short time. And uh, it's getting shorter, and consequently, we are finding ourselves facing in our society and in our world more and more chaos, more and more chaos. I read something in the newspaper. It was on the front page, actually, yesterday. It was a young man, 18 years old and uh, that they had taken a picture of him. And he was driving home, lives a little bit south, and uh, got into a road rage situation. There's an increase in road rage in our society. And uh, this young man found himself embroiled, caught up <clears throat> in this situation. And uh, 81-year-old man pulled a gun on him. And uh, the way that happened is that, I guess, whatever took place on the highway, uh, the young man tried to get away from it and decided just to go home. And, but he didn't realize... He didn't look in his rearview mirror carefully enough that this other car followed him and pulled into his driveway behind him, and he got out, and he went over to the car, and 81-year-old man pulled out a gun and threatened to kill him. And uh, all over, you know, somebody not happy with how somebody changed lanes or something. And... Uh, what a psychologist termed it is that we're living in a culture of disrespect. And you know, Caesar Fell and I have said the same thing. I look at, we have generations here, and I look at um, young ones that have come up and uh, got into their 20s and approaching 30s and and uh, maybe got married and some married some single some in married have children and and uh, never remember we have discussed we never remember 
because this is our, we're starting our 35th year of the academy. We have started, excuse me, we started Thursday, our 35th year of the academy and uh, over 40 years here at, in the overall church, but the academy was started a few years later after we were up and running in the church. And, and we never remember this level of disrespect that we're finding in the young people. Uh, but I like the terminology that the psychologist, he was from the University of Hawaii, sounds good, and uh, to visit. And he, uh, he said, it's a culture of disrespect. And as I said, Senior Spell and I have discussed this in, uh, before we, this was just in the paper yesterday, but we, have, we, we didn't coin the term, but we said the same thing, that the, the level of disrespect from young people, that we'd never seen that before in the 30-odd in the years of having the academy. I remember uh, when we first came here back in 1975, working with young people trying to break into the community, and we only had a few people here, and... and uh, trying to evangelize and work among the community. And I remember that uh, there was a large group, pretty good group, I say large, pretty good group of young people, and a lot of them were Spanish at that time, and that we were able to make friends with and work with. And I remember one time we had a Sunday school, and we gave away the, the largest candy bar. And what we did was we took a stick, 12-foot stick, and we stapled candy bars one end to the other, <laughs> and we made a big candy bar. I also remember giving away uh, bicycles, um, different things that we did. And um, matter of fact, the, the young man that won the bicycle, I think he's in jail now. Isn't that terrible? Uh, the long history, long history. But uh, I remember in dealing with these, these young people, they all had nicknames. One of them was Catfish, it was Clown. They, they had all kinds of names. I can't even remember them all anymore. But uh, they were, most of them were in high school and, um, and working with them. And we, we uh, in our academy, we had uh, going to other academies in different parts of the state uh, in competitions. Um, and we went to one, and we had a bus just like we have now. And when we got done with the competition, Senior Spell and I were the last ones to come out of the auditorium, and, uh, and, and outside the bus, there was like 15 guys standing there lined up, our guys. And we were like looking at them like, what are they doing? They would not get on the bus until Senior Spell got on the bus first. It was just a level of respect that they themselves did. Nobody, we didn't teach them to do that. We never said anything. We were shocked. And, uh, but, you know, it was amazing because, for many reasons, on many levels, but one of them was that the, the other schools that we were competing against, you know, they had so much religion, and they were so supposedly holy, holy, and they were cheaters. <laughs> they were cheaters. They were, the coaches were cheaters. It was terrible. And they were prejudiced. And, and the attitudes that we ran into with these adults. And I'm like, okay. You know, and then you come out, 
and you got, you know, 15 teenagers standing basically at attention to let the pastor's wife get on the bus first to show a level of, of respect. And I thought, you know, how different then, and those were, those children were not in the church. These were brand new kids that we were trying to work with in our community, okay? So how much more then would we expect from our young people that are in the church, in the body of Christ, that are, have been in Sunday school and are trained over and over and over again in the Bible and so on in services and worship and praise and receiving the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name and so on and so forth, all of these many things. And here we had raw recruits that showed that kind of level of respect back in the 70s. And now here we are in 2014, and I'm telling you that that phrase definitely jumped out at me, a culture of disrespect. And we are in great need of paying attention to what's going on around us and what is affecting negatively our young people that are that are coming up in the environment and the climate that they are, that they find themselves. And I have found that uh, in this environment, there are contributors. I've told you before, you have down the street here, Sister Ann did a painting of, um, uh, I guess, Professor Orsenego, and uh, he's dead now, but he was instrumental in this experiment station down here at the University of Florida, uh, and where they grow uh, crops under controlled conditions for the purpose of trying to produce a better plant, something more hardy and healthy and maybe bug-resistant, uh, disease-resistant, and um, produce a, a better fruit or yield a better crop. And uh, so it's all done you know, under controlled conditions and to experiment and to hopefully come up with something better each time. And so I'm saying to you that there are things that contribute to that healthier, hardier plant, okay? And then there are things, of course, that can get introduced into that environment that can corrupt that plant. You know, there are bugs, as I said, and, and there's uh, bacteria that can get in the soil and can affect the plant and, and cause a, a blight uh, and a problem for the, for the uh, crop. And so I'm saying to you that, you know, I'm glad for the crops and I'm glad for, you know, thank a farmer because we get to eat and all of that. Uh, but I'm more interested in our children. I'm more interested in our young people that are coming up. And I'm saying that we've got to pay attention to the environment. We've got to pay attention to the different factors that can contribute to a culture of disrespect, that can enter in and begin to break down morality, shall we say. Begin to break down good manners that Many of us, I would say, take for granted or took for granted. We, it was just the way it was. You know, that, 
you didn't act that way. But nowadays, young people, they don't pay it any mind. It's just the way it is because there are influences that are constantly, constantly, constantly bombarding them. Uh, fasten your seatbelt, okay? Uh, television, which means Hollywood, which means who writes those programs, those, what do they call them in Spanish, novellas? Who, who writes that? I had to go to the dentist the other day, and uh, now all the dentist's offices have big screens in them. You know, and I'm sitting in the thing, and this thing is in front of me, so I got my head down. I don't want to look at it, you know. I don't want to do it. But I'm hearing it. And, they, and what it was is it was a divorce court. And the arguing and the attitudes, you know. I remember going to the dentist as a boy, and they had a fish tank. <laughs> because it was calm. It was peaceful, you know, because you wanted to be calm and peaceful because they're about to drill on you, you know. This isn't going to hurt a bit. <laughs> you know, and he's giving you Novocaine and shooting you 56 different ways in there. And, and uh, so, you know, um, I, it was very agitating, you know, to hear that, that arguing going on in the background because I wasn't looking at it. I didn't want nothing to do with it. And um, I, I remember, I know when we went into the lobby uh, and I had to fill out all the paperwork, you know, and... Uh, this was just a day or two ago, and, and um, the first thing Sr. Spells said, she said, can you turn that down? And Because uh, I'm telling you, it's everywhere. It's, there's a word in English. It's called ubiquitous. It means it's all surrounding, all encompassing. It's everywhere. You know, everywhere. Everywhere you look. Everywhere you sit. Everywhere you enter. And so we enter the lobby, and it's there, you know. And uh, so I saw the remote. <laughs> I put the thing down. And uh, we went about filling out and talking and reading a magazine or whatever. Then I said, I tell you, I go in and sit down in the chair where they tell me to sit, and they're right in front of me, you know. And I don't, there's no remote that I'm seeing, you know. I would have hit the off button if you want to know the truth. And, uh, and I have done that in places. And, um, but I am saying to you that that is one of the contributors. And you better remember that the people that are writing the scripts and the stories uh, they're not Holy Ghost people. <laughs> they're not people that love God. They'll tell you they love God, but they, they don't have a clue about the love of God because the love of God is the Holy Ghost in you, and they don't have that experience. Most of them don't believe in that experience, or many of them have never heard of that experience. Okay? You know, they believe in smoking and drinking and promiscuous lifestyles, okay? They, and many other themes that are immoral and unclean, uh, and it just goes on and on and on, and, and they keep finding more ways to introduce it on other levels to society and to entertain society. It doesn't matter that it's filth that's entertaining society, you know, if, if, the, if society likes filth, then let's give them lots of filth, all right, because behind that, is sponsors, okay? And sponsors pay money. And so the root of all evil is the love of money. Not just money, but the love of money. Greed. Jesus called it 
mammon. It's an unrighteous, false god of greed and money. And uh, then there's then there's uh, the same thing, just another form, and that's videos. Videos. Okay. And um, you know now they got the the red boxes right all over the place, and people are constantly buying and purchasing. And and then there's the computer. Let's remember that supposed to be getting my computer to do business. But some people's business has become watching movies. <laughs> you know. So everywhere you look, they're making inroads. And where where does the inroad lead to? It leads to your heart. It leads to your heart. And it wants to get to everybody's heart. Might want to think about the biblical account of the Hebrew children. And the Hebrew children, the Hebrew children, uh, you know, they find themselves surrounded. They find themselves being commanded to do what everybody else does. And so they told the person in authority, they said, we don't want to partake of you in the way you do it. And if you want, we could put on a little test and you can, um, you can, you do it your way, we'll do it our way, and we'll see who comes out better at the end. And so for X number of days, they did that. And the Hebrew children came out better. They were wiser, they were cleaner, they were healthier. Everything about them. Well, you know, it always reminds me of our, our church and our academy because we've had people come. We had a young lady come, and, oh, she sat right here with the mother. Matter of fact, we got to see her mother just the other day. And uh, now this young lady is, is 30-something years old, by the way. And, um, but when she came here, she had a day off from school, and so she came to be, uh, you know, since she was in coming to church, she came to visit the academy one day, and... Uh, so we diagnostically tested her because she was in all honors classes. The problem is when we tested her, there wasn't much honor level going on there. And uh, we were like, okay, I guess their honors level is down here and our honors level is up here <laughs> because, you know, there's a deception. I'm, this is the point I'm trying to get across to you. They like to say that more children, more students have, um, you'll get me that microphone stand. They, they like to say that um, more children, more, no, the stand, the stand. Miss that word, okay. Microphone stand. And uh, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, you can hold on to the microphone. Thanks. Just don't sing. So, the bar is set, okay, and the bar is way up here, and they'll tell you that, oh, we had 70 more percent of the young people that passed the entrance exam to our college, and everybody, whoopee, but what they didn't tell you is that they took the bar, the level, the minimum 
level that's needed to pass the test, and they put it down there. And now to pass the test, you just have to touch them. No problem. Easy, simple, right? They don't tell you that part. They don't tell you that part. You see, they don't tell you, okay, that uh, like the young lady that said she has a master's degree in English. I read one of her paragraphs. And I'm like, you have a master's degree in my mind. You have a master's degree in English. I'm thinking that your master's degree in English is about the same as my master's degree in Spanish. If I wrote a paragraph in Spanish, oh brother, it, it'd get confused for Chinese because it would look like chop suey. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, exactly. So I'm saying that uh, uh, there's a lot of fraud. There's a lot of deception. There's a lot of watering down. There's a lot of weakness and, and just not true in reality. There's a culture that is overtaking our society, fostered by that old serpent who rose up against God in the beginning and who corrupted a third of the heavenly host and who has infiltrated woe unto this earth because Satan has come down unto you. Okay? So he was mad. He got thrust out of heaven. And he said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down here then and I'm going to mess up God's plan. And he set in to do that. And he, if God says right, the devil says left. If God says up, the devil says down. He's anti. He's against. Anything that God has, has said when he created the earth, he said it's good, and, and the enemy has set in to corrupt it. He wants to make it bad. He wants to disrupt it. And I'm trying to tell you that God made everything perfect and upright. And you get a chance at that by being born again. Okay, because Satan slithered in to the garden and he deceived Eve. Sorry, but the woman was deceived first. And then she, oh, not going to be just me. Let me get him involved. You know, let me get him involved. It always reminds me of the, um, the sister, I should probably say that lightly, that was in the church. And um, all the time, you know, she's, Why will my husband, why will my husband get saved? Okay. Of course, everybody's praying that God would save her husband. Well, lo and behold, he came in and he got baptized and he got the Holy Ghost. And the first thing he did was go home and throw the television out. And she said, wait a minute. I wanted him saved. But I didn't want him that saved. You know, you can, you can get very adjusted to a sinful environment. You, you, can, you can let down. You can, you can be surrounded by it so much. It's like I've told you that knock. It starts out loud, telling you don't do that, and then it, if you ignore, after a while, you're not hearing it. You get desensitized. Or 
One place in the scripture talked about the conscience getting seared with a hot iron. And it, it, another place talked about being past healing. It just You've overrode it. The mind is overridden, overridden, excuse me, overridden your conscience. And your conscience is that faculty and part of your mind that, that, that part of your mind that uh, tells you right from wrong. And it's overridden and overridden until you're not hearing it. Paul talked about his conscience being in uh, bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost and the conscience were working together. They're not at odds. And that's what happens when we get born again. When we get baptized in Jesus' name, we get the gift of the Holy Ghost, and we've, we become new. Okay? We're a new creation, a new creation in Christ Jesus, a whole new world. And as we come into the body of Christ, the church, that is, not the church house, the church, the body of Christ, a corporate body of believers, universal, okay, as we come into that, through this, and the only way you can come into it is through the born-again experience, Acts 2.38, as that takes place in your life because you're obedient to this, to what it says, okay? You know, it's, 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 if, God says, to, and he does, and his word tells you to repent, and you say, I believe, but you don't repent, you just demonstrated that you don't believe. You can say you believe, but it's just lips, and the heart's far from the situation. And the same thing about being baptized in Jesus' name. Now, sister, don't go nuts on me on this, but Sister Ann told me that um, there's a woman she's been dealing with for many, many years, and of course, Sister Ann being an artist, she has many... Uh, students back through the years. She's been doing art for many, many years. And um, so one of the students, don't get a picture of a child, she's a grown woman. One of the students she has witnessed to many, many times, and the woman has been all over the country and she's getting really loopy, you know. Uh, I don't know, gold dust on her fingers and God is in my life and oh, all oh, this crazy nonsense, really weird and off the wall. And so... She told us, she said, listen, she said, forget all that junk. She said, you got to come back and read God's word. She said, and I've told you over and over and over again. You know, you have to repent. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost. And so finally the woman looked at her and said, well, then you baptize me. So Stan said, no. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, yes. I said, you can baptize her. I'll delegate you the authority. And we'll go to the ministry house, and you can use the pool like we did for your son, who had the broken neck twice, and uh, where we did 80-year-old Sister Beckford and uh, Brother Colbert's family. And and, um, and so I said, that'll be fine. Um, you came, you communicated, you ran it through me, and I'm telling you, that'll be fine. And uh, I said, let's get her baptized. And so we're setting that up. But... Uh, she told the lady, she said, I'm standing firm on this. You know, Sister Ann wouldn't back up. Well, there was one of the most wealthy women in this town that told Sister Ann, said, and this has been probably two, three years ago, she said, um, this other woman, she told her, she said, um, I want to know what you believe. She said, I want to know everything. So Sister Ann said, okay. So she told her everything. She said, she'll probably never speak to me again. But she said, I told her. Well, you know, there's some things you're not ready for. There's some things that you can't bear. Uh, that's why we say first things first, right? 
Get born again. Get the experience. Get the love of God in your heart. Get, get the experience of being a new creation and entering into this new world, this body of Christ, and begin to learn, grow in grace and knowledge, the things of God. And, and God will open your understanding. You'll begin to grasp and, and see and understand what needs to be done and, 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 and why it's done. And sometimes, you know, it says it, and you may not always completely comprehend it, but it's there, so you obey it and you believe it, and as you pray and as you worship and as you continue with the church, then God will open your understanding and you'll begin to realize, you know, it'll, it'll dawn on you, now I know. I told you about the guy that sat right here, right here. And uh, he left the church. For nine years he left the church, pulled his wife and daughter out, and uh, he came back. Nine years later he came back. And he gave him, for some reason, I guess he asked me, and I gave him a chance to say something. And he said, now I know why senior pastor does things the way that he does it. And that's because he went out there for nine years and bounced around to every kind of church and got exposed to every kind of nonsense. Even one guy said, come up here and bring me $100, and I'll give you the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know? I mean, friend, there's some... Mighty weird stuff out there in the name of end time prophets. I told you, right? You can't use with the stuff I use. You can't lose with the stuff I use. You know, the rhinestone and all kinds of stuff. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there, church family. And granted, some of it is more sophisticated. Some of it is is slick, and slicker than the other. But nonetheless, it's deception, and and Satan uses religion. We have salvation. Big difference. We have the salvation that belongeth to God. Okay? And I am saying to you that Jesus made it clear the enemy's going to fight. He's going to rise up. He's going to use anything and everything at his disposal. He, it doesn't matter what it is. And it doesn't matter what takes you or gets you, just as long as it takes you or gets you confused and mixed up and going in wrong directions, believing wrong things. The choice is yours. You know, you have an opportunity to do it correctly. And sometimes, sometimes, it's not the child's fault. You know that? This culture of disrespect that we're having and things that we're seeing in our young people and, and young people at large, not just our young people, but young people at large, Sometimes it's really not the child's fault so much as it's the parents. Because it's the parent that wants to watch the movie. It's the parent that's got it on the computer. It's, it's the parent that's letting down. You know. And when they're little, you know, you could say, you go sit over there, you don't do that. You know. Well, after a while, they get a little older. You know? And after a while, they get a little older. And after a while, how you doing up there? How's the weather up there? High altitude weather, huh? I was in the post office the other day, and I promise you there was a woman there was six foot ten. Yeah, she could have been eyeball to eyeball with that dude, LeBron James, that I've been reading about. And she was in flats. She wasn't in stilts. 
I was kidding. I, some of our young ladies were wearing these high heels, and I said, I told Pastor Opera, I said, I'm going to get some of the drywall stilts, and I'm going to, like the guy wears at the circus, you know, and uh, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to, my head's going to be way up there, and I'm going to say, what, you like my new, you know? <laughs> and so, my God, where are we going, right? Where are we going? So I'm saying to you that uh, the children grow up, and as they're growing, their mind is getting more independent. Okay, And if you give this much, just that much, they're going to take this much. Okay? They're going to go further and further and further. And things that you would say, man, we would never do that when we were kids. That doesn't compute. That doesn't compute. doesn't compute. Our society is very different. Our world is very different. And it's changing. Not only is it changing, that I'm sure is a cliche, but it's changing more rapidly. Another contributor, you got your seatbelts on, right? another contributor is video games. Video games. When the video games are all about war and violence and blood and killing. And then you wonder why they'll take one of their friends out into the woods and cold-bloodedly murder one of their friends. But when you when that's running through their brain, you know, 24-7, 365 and a quarter, because they're constantly playing. They're, they're, the game is programming them. And I told you about the kid that got arrested. And I saw one one day right down here on Main Street. And um, they had handcuffs. and, and uh, But they reported uh, the crimes that he had committed. And he said, he, he yelled at the authorities. And he said, life ain't nothing but a video game, man. That's all. It's just a video game. Take him not to jail. Better take him to the asylum. <laughs> you know. uh, these are contributors. I'm trying to tell you. Okay, these are contributors. Now, if you want to play the game that I played one time or twice, maybe long years ago, and you know I was very proficient at Mario Brothers. You know, and they're looking at me like, you don't have to do that, Dad. <laughs> I'm trying to get that little dude to jump wherever, you know. I mean, you know, you want to play Super Mario, I'm not going to argue with you. Okay. But, you know, when you're playing, I don't even know the names. I'm sorry. but uh, And I'm sure most of you do. But whatever the Super War games are, you know, and the hatred of the or you want to play Gone and... Was it 15 seconds now? It used to be 30, I guess. You know, stealing cars. You know, stealing cars. We had a young lady sat right here. And she wound up into a group of, of other girls, uh, you know, stealing cars. That's what got her in jail. Got her a mugshot. You know? And I'm worried because I'm worried because they get the attitude that it's cool to have a mugshot. You know, it becomes an acceptable thing. You know, it, and there's a pressure that comes. 
you get you get um, ridiculed. You ain't got a mugshot yet, or you ain't had your baby yet. And then the rap guys are, are rapping, "I want you to have my baby, baby." You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's not new. That's kind of old. He might be dead, as a matter of fact, that guy. You know. So, but this is the culture. This is the the music culture. Uh, and there's a boldness about sin. There's a boldness about it. And the Bible talked about the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceptive. Sin is deceptive. Okay? And the enemy is pulling out all the stops because he knows he's only got a little while. He knows he's only got a little while. And the Bible in its teachings about prophecy, there's not a, I've taught you for years, there's not a whole lot left to be fulfilled. And it is a biblical fact that many scriptures were fulfilled in the last hours before Jesus died. So things can happen fast and in a hurry. Okay? And we are, obviously, we've been monitoring international events for a long time. And once again, we're watching things heat up. We're watching where the governments are going. And remember, when you see all, A-double-L, all nations turn against Israel, Jerusalem, then you better definitely set up, sit up and take big notice. Okay, You better get your attention. And we don't want to go hide among the toys of life. You know, we, we don't want our head in the sand, all right, uh, which I realize the ostrich puts its head in the sand to hear the vibrations. I, I realize that. It's not that, but the proverbial thing is that people put their head in the sand because they want to just hide from everything. We don't want, you don't want to get your head caught up in Hollywood. You don't want to get your children caught up in all of that spirit and that attitude, and then you wonder why. They're acting like this, or why? How did this happen in our midst, in our family? How did how did this take place? Okay, you've got to be a part of. We don't have an experiment station; we have a church, and you've got to, you've got to help be a part of what's going to keep the negative influences out, the things that contribute to this culture of disrespect, to this hard-hearted. Uh, producing psychopaths and sociopaths at a greater and more alarming rate. It's people who have no feelings. Okay? That they don't have any feelings. And I'm, I'm warning you, when they're little, you can, I, I saw a man the other day just shake his boy, just, you know, I, I thought, you know, it's just not a good way to do that, pal. But um, because one day he's not going to be that little, and he's going to, you know, he's going to push back, and then eventually, what he's going to do, or she's going to do, is they'll just run away, and they'll get with their little crowd. And in society now, more and more, it's easier to 
get out there and claim your independence. And of course, then you find yourself, well, do I support him now? You know. So, you know, that's somewhere you're going to have to make a stand. Might as well do it while they're living. Might as well make that stand while you have the opportunity to be in the church and raise them right, train them right. And when do we start? Now. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Not another day, not another minute. Determine. But you see, in doing that means you have to have that start developing in that environment. Temperance. One of the fruit of the Spirit. It's a self-discipline. I'm going to discipline myself. That I'm, I'm telling myself I'm not going to let down and get involved you know, now that I'm feeling all safe and secure, I've been in the church, and you know, and uh, I don't know. You you've got to maintain if you've done well in the church and God's blessed you, then you better remember why. Okay, you better remember why and thank God for His blessings and His grace, His favor that you've obtained. Okay, don't don't undermine that. Don't undermine that. Don't sink your own boat. Don't cut off your nose to spite your face. You know, don't, uh, what, what uh, uh, the book of Acts chapter 13 spoke of, they judged themselves unworthy of everlasting life. And, and said in so doing, said we're going to turn to other people. We're going to look in other directions. And it was, it was a matter of Gentiles and Jewish. And, and the Jewish were giving Paul a hard time. And he said, fine. He said, you judge yourself. You, you're cutting yourself off. You're going to be like that. I'm not going to spend any more time on that plant. And that's what God said. God said to the pastor, why, why do you cumber the ground with that plant? Pluck it up. We could take that same space and we could plant a new plant. One that will grow up straight and tall and bear fruit. You know? So... There's a point where, you know, you can judge yourself unworthy, and God says, okay, we're moving on. We're moving on. And uh, as the church moves on, you want to be able to successfully uh, move with it and survive each challenge so that at the end of this thing, you're still there. You're still there. You, you uh, were able to overcome the temptations. And you know, the Bible talked in Revelation about a temptation that's going to try the whole world. Okay? The devil wants to get everybody to turn against God, to turn against God's ways. And makes you wonder when the Lord comes to avenge. And only God can do that. That belongs to the Lord. But it said, would he find faith on the earth? So there's a challenge here as the church, remember. He said that gates of hell shall not prevail. So we have no excuse to lose. We have every biblical reason to win, to prevail. Now you see what happened in Esther in conclusion here. In conclusion here, in Esther, was that there was a guy named Mordecai, a Jewish guy, and he had a, he had a, uh, I'm terrible on genealogies, but anyway, I believe she was his niece. And her parents had died. 
and he took her in and raised her up. And the time came when in their country, in this place, that uh, the king called for the queen. Her name was Vashti. And she wouldn't come. She refused to come. You know, she was getting her manny and petty, I guess. And she wouldn't come. And, uh, well, there were people that took note. And they said, you know, if you let her by with that attitude and that behavior, said, we're going to, you're going to make a lot of trouble. You're going to make a lot of trouble for the rest of us husbands. Because she's, her attitude is in rebellion and disrespect, that culture of disrespect is going to negatively affect all the other women. And then they're going to be that way, very disrespectful, to their husbands. And then we're going to have a great big old mess on our hands. So King's like, okay, okay. Well, you know, the deep shadow and type, of course, goes into the Jewish rejecting and then God turning through, shall we say, the Apostle Paul to the Gentiles. Okay. So, but the, the, the real simplicity of it is, when one won't, one will. And that's how it's always been with the church. Okay? When one won't, one will. The, the, the teaching for us that we give is, is that you work with those who will work with you. You can you could absolutely waste all kinds of time and finance and energy and everything else on somebody that stubbornly refuses, haughtily refuses. You know, and and so the king just said, okay, we'll see who's going to be queen instead, in place of Vashti. You don't want it? Well, there'll be somebody that will. And that's how it is about truth. That's how it is about your place in the church, the body of Christ, because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if you don't want your place, then there'll be somebody else. And in another teaching, it said, take what they have and give it to another who will have an abundance. And that's where the Lord said, if you show faithfulness over a little, I'll make you ruler over much. But if you, if you can't be faithful over a little, then who's going to trust you with anything? Especially the true riches, the things that really count things that really matter. And so the, uh, the queen got herself, she took herself out of the game, shall we say. She benched herself. She disqualified herself. Uh, there was a, there, there's always going to be that choice. You know, who do you love? And I told you, you could say, well, I believe in Jesus, I love Jesus, but when it comes down to doing what he said and we don't do it, then we're really bringing the truth out. That is, that we're not believing. Because he said, repent or you perish, and if you don't repent, but you claim you believe, you know, then you're not believing. Because his word says, and you're not doing it, so you're not believing it. And so the queen was replaced, 
Esther's niece became the new queen. The next thing you know, Uncle Mordecai has an enemy. And the enemy is some very selfish, pompous, arrogant individual who manifests a spirit, you know, that he wants to be all that. And he's working his way into being a confidant uh, of the king. His name is Haman. And, and so Haman has uh, got it in for Mordecai and all of Mordecai's people because Mordecai won't bow. That reminds you of those three Hebrew children, doesn't it? Because their time came, same thing. Surrounded. We want you to partake the way we do things, both with Mordecai and both with the Hebrew children. Two different biblical teachings, and uh, but the same principles are there. And so Mordecai said, I'm not bound. I'm not bound. I serve the one true living God. I'm not bound to your way of doing things. We don't need to bow to television. I've been here since 1975, and I've been in the church since 1970. Nothing to do with it. Never have. Okay? Never have. Okay? And if you're going to get involved with a, something in the, that's controlled in the, in the way of a video, then I would tell you it should probably be called Veggie Tales. And it starts getting much more than that, and that's what the enemy wants. He's looking for an entry level. You know, it's just like you get a job, you go in as you know the floor sweeper. You don't want to stay the floor sweeper. You're planning on advancing. Well, that's a good thing, but the enemy doesn't have good in mind at all. He's trying to get in. He slithers in, you know, and uh, once he gets in, then he's he's looking to advance his way. Kind of like that frog that found its way into my house, right? He he wasn't content to just get inside the door. He wanted to, you know, wants to get through your house and maybe get in your bed. You know, I had to take care of old Mr. Frog. You know, and uh, I had one trying to get in the front door the other day, and I boom downtown. <laughs> he went. <laughs> oh, brother. Well, that's what we have to do with the devil. We got to cast him out, and we've got to recognize, and we should know what he's going to try to do, what he's going to try to do, and and we've got to we've got to maintain a strength. We've got to uh, show how we by how we live and the actions that we take and the, what we say no to shows a strength that we won't be a, a partaker of it, you know. And uh, I had a guy the other day; he was just trying. Get me all over the place to to watch something because it's about God. I don't have to watch anything about God. I got God. He said, "You're a believer." I'm like, "You ain't been listening, pal." <laughs> uh, you know, uh, duh. And so, you know, I'm just trying to tell you that the world has its way, and we don't want to be a friend of the world. We want to be a friend of God. And we want God to be our friend, okay? And and we want to serve the Lord. And when when Mordecai would not bow, then Haman, his enemy, set in 
to destroy him and his people. And Mordecai had to go through channels and send a word to his niece, who is now the queen, saying, hey, you better get to the king because they've appointed a day and they're going to sweep through the land and they're going to destroy us. And so she sends back word and says, you can't just go into the king anytime you want. Aren't we glad we can? We can go to the king anytime we want. All right. But in that day, in that time, that shadowing type, you couldn't go. Just any time, the king had to call for you. And if he didn't call for you, and you asked. And in asking, if he said no, and your head went off. So it was a chancy thing. And so when she sent back and told him that, he said, don't think you're going to escape. Don't think that you're going to escape. If this, that evil that is determined against us, you too will be found out that you're one of us. You're one of us. And so she said, okay. She said, we're going to have to get serious here about this. A couple of you guys come right over here. I got two seats right here. Said, you, you just, uh, get your Bible over there. You just, um, aren't these children nice? All these, we got so many nice new ones, and they're starting to come to church on uh, Sunday nights and Wednesdays. And youth service. Okay. And that's good. We want them to come to the services and to youth service. Okay. Because we're being trained to be soul winners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Uh, the queen. The queen went to bat. And the Bible teaches that, you know, if you deal with a spirit, what a spirit hates is to be revealed for what it is. And old Haman was at the queen's banquet with the king, and he thought he was so privileged. And all the while, behind the scenes, he had this dirt going, and he was going to destroy God's people. He was going to do bad things to the work of God. And uh, he got revealed, though, in that banquet. And boy, when he did, friend, he panicked. And the Bible said that the king rose up in his wrath. You know, God can get angry. And I promise you, I've often uh, had a little fun with uh, my buddy Dre here, and I, I said, I don't care how big you get, you don't want to get your dad mad at you. <laughs> You'll always be little Andre, sorry. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I'm saying, friend, I wouldn't want to see big Andre just get up and start lumbering towards me and smoke coming out of his ears, you know. And, uh, but how much more so? I don't want God to get angry, you know, with me. And the Bible did say that, that there was an instance of a wicked and excuse-making servant and that, and that the Lord listened to all those things that he had to say. Why I didn't do this? And why I didn't do that? Why I wouldn't do what the pastor said? Why I didn't do it at church? Why I took opposite this? Why I'm doing that? 
until God said, I'm angry with you. <laughs> you know, you're wicked and you're excuse making. And I gave you and I gave you and I gave you and look what you did. And no matter how much you try to slip around and hide, get away from accountability from me, you can't get away from God. And it will catch up. It will catch up. The Lord will deal with you. He will deal with the situation. So, if you believe what I'm saying, repent. And repent on a daily basis, all of us. The theme, one of the themes of Revelation is to repent and overcome. Okay? It's a continuation of growth in the church and in the right environment, in the right teachings, providing the right factors to produce the better results. To the three Hebrew children, now it's it's gone up to the next level. It's become universal. They've already proved themselves on a smaller scale. Now, though, they've grown. They're a little older. They're maturing, and they find themselves. The whole world, the, all the nations were invited in. It was a universal thing. And the king said, "What time you hear the music?" You to get down and boogie. And they're like, we don't boogie. You know, it takes courage to say, we don't do that. We don't do that. Okay. But if you delight in the Lord, if you're so glad to be a part of the body of Christ and to have the truth and the scriptures and the teaching and what did it say? Let this mind be in you. That you have the mind of God. That you know how God thinks about that. Okay? That's really something. Because there's people out there tripping and stumbling just like you used to and falling all over themselves and they're diseased and they're sick and they're Oh, they're Hollywood people, and they make lots of money, and they're committing suicide. Committing suicide. They're ODing on heroin. Somebody asked me about two musicians here from some years ago, back in the 70s, they referred. And I said, oh, yeah, before I came into church, yeah, I knew about them. I said, by the way, newsflash, I said they both died of heroin overdose. The heroin couldn't save them, but the Holy Ghost can save you. You know, that's why this last Hollywood guy, they found him, I think, 300 and something packets of heroin all on the floor, scattered all around him, and the needle in him, dead. Didn't matter how much heroin he put in his veins, it couldn't answer the cry of the heart, it couldn't satisfy. The crave, the need in his life. You know? And just because you read and hear about the so-called famous, 
For every famous one, there's probably a hundred that are not so famous, dead in the alleys, okay, in different places. And here you sit, privileged. God has chosen you. God has pulled you out. You hear it day in and day out. You have an opportunity in a, in a great environment. If I remember right, Henry came here because in gold he got beat up. He was a little guy. You know, and awakening and experienced and said, I don't want to live this way. I want this parents like I don't want my kid, you know. And so I'm saying, well, what about the overall world? The overall universal thing of society here and all the nations and the attitudes and the culture that's going on. And uh, that produces a young man that goes to a daycare and slaughters 26 kids after he's shot his mother, you know. Because life is just a video game, right? And of course, there's always that attitude, that deception. It's not going to get me. It's not going to affect me. It's not going to happen to me. I know better. But it's all about programming. It's all about programming. And we're hardwired. Our DNA. And we're... We're, you know, look at what we've done to ourselves, all of us. We all have phones. Now they know where we're at all the time. They got you with the phone. They got you with what they put in your car. They've got you from satellite and space. They've got you from cameras everywhere. Control, control, control. Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you something. No matter what Satan does, just like Haman, as we read, let's stand together. If Mordecai, meaning the church, said, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. No matter what the enemy does, if you'll stay with truth, if you'll practice truth, if you'll obey truth, if you'll quit being, you know, silly and stupid, dull and that you'll what did it say awake to righteousness whether you are born again or not yet born again or are born again that you'll wake up and that you'll you'll realize I have it so good I have such great opportunity help me to appreciate what I have you know, there's a lot of things in life that are not good investments from a business standpoint because they depreciate. 
they quickly lose value. But one man was depicted as taking and raking and scraping everything he could and selling it that he might purchase, the singers are coming, that he might purchase one field. Okay? Because in that field was the pearl of great price, which represents Jesus, which represents the born-again experience, the Holy Ghost, this truth. Let me sell all. Let me sell out. Tell you what, I remember first time I came to church. Leaving out with Sin Sitzfeld at that time. That those are back in the days when her skirt was confused with a belt. And my clothes had holes in them. And my I was scrubby and you know, joke about the hair, the chinny chin chin and all of that. And uh Buddha hanging around my neck. All kinds of weird, stupid things. I remember leaving the church house. And I said, what'd you think? She said, sure was different. I guess it was. People had their hands in the air. People were worshiping God, lifting up their voice. You know? Shouting and dancing. What are they doing dancing? This is not a nightclub. But you know, they weren't dancing with sexual overtones. Not at all. They were worshiping. They were dancing unto the Lord. And uh, I remember saying, well, you know what? They got something I don't have and I want it. And when you say that, that's when you start realizing, I gotta, I gotta sell out. I gotta sell. I don't want the concerts anymore. I don't want the sports anymore. I don't want the trinkets of life anymore. I don't, I don't want those things. I want this. And that's what it takes to get this. You gotta sell out. You gotta sell out. So that you can get that pearl, that one pearl of great price. Jesus gave his life. He paid the ultimate. He gave, he laid down his life as the spotless, sinless lamb of the spirit. So that you could receive the gift of eternal life. And he said, you get this, the gates of hell cannot prevent this family. Therefore, inexcusable. Okay? okay? Thank you, dear God. Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands. I praise and love you, Lord. I worship you. You are God and you are holy. We come before you with a repentant attitude. Wash us in your blood. Oh God, give us strength and victory. Oh God, I thank you for truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 